My song's topics range from raising autism awareness in children, um, battling worries, and embracing differences in self and in others, all of which are related to my own personal experiences. Welcome to Adulting on a Spectrum. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day -day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. I'm Eileen Lam, an autistic author and photographer, and I co-host this podcast with Andrew Camro. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Eileen. I'm an autistic entrepreneur and the co-host of this podcast. Today, our guest is Larissa G. She earned a BA in music therapy, uh, therapy through piano from Montclair State University. She's an advocate for autism and neurodivergent acceptance using music to inspire audiences at conferences, universities, schools, and fundraisers. Larissa also authored 10 musical song lyric books for children and offers piano and adaptive music lessons at her Discovery Music Studio in Leonia. Yes, uh, she's a multilingual performer, hosted World Beats, the Larissa G Show on YouTube, and is known for entertaining and recording artists in New Jersey and beyond. Welcome. Hello, viewers. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you may know that we like to start off each episode by asking each guest how they prefer to identify. And we don't mean uh, typical pronouns. Uh, she, her, although you're welcome to share those as well. Uh, we mean identify as an autistic person on the spectrum, Asperger's, don't care. Do you have a preference? If so, what is it? So I would like to share that I would prefer to be addressed as a woman on the spectrum. Yeah. Can you uh, tell us a bit about your uh, diagnosis journey? When were you diagnosed with autism and anything else you want to share? Of course. So um, when I was uh, two years and two months old, um, I was diagnosed with PDD NOS. And when I was five, it was confirmed that I was diagnosed with high functioning autism. And you are aware that these are no longer considered as categories. So how it all started, um, before I turned a year and six months old, I was developing normally, but within a period of six months, I lost all the words that I had acquired and my eye contact disappeared and I totally lost interest in socializing with family members or anybody else for that matter. I completely withdrew into my own world, leaving my family feeling lost, feeling um, very concerned and also puzzled. So as you're aware, um, in the early 90s, finding information about how to help your newly diagnosed child was extremely difficult for parents at the time. Despite the fact that um, this organization called COSAC 
did exist at the time. And by the way, COSAC stands for the New Jersey Center for Outreach and Services for the Autism Community. And today it is known as Autism New Jersey. The information that was available at the time was scarce, and there was a lot of uncertainty about which therapies may or may not work, if at all. So I have to give a huge credit and a shout out to my parents, especially my mother, who consistently stayed hands-on and involved in searching for the best possible interventions for me. And she shared with me that she used the book by Catherine Maurice called let me hear your voice as her Bible for my interventions. So this book is a mother's story about how her two children diagnosed with autism overcame the challenges of autism over a period of one or two years, mostly with the help of intensive ABA therapy. And let me tell you a little more about my path and what helped me during my school years. Before I actually get into that, I would like to share with you that I wrote a musical composition, which I called The Train Ride, depicting mine and my family's uphill battle that we took to help me over conquer the challenges of autism. It starts from the day I was first diagnosed when I was two and onward. I do recommend to parents to listen to that instrumental piece because it accompanies a narrative about my journey. It is part of a musical trio which I created called Life is a Train Ride in Autism Journey. So the song that I wrote which precedes the train ride is called Life is a Train Ride, which I dedicated to my mother and the other mothers of children with autism in the world. So when I wrote this song, I thought about the emotions that a mother would feel, feel when they hear for the first time that their child has been diagnosed with autism. So Life is a Train Ride tells the story of the beginning of a lifelong journey that the mother takes to help her child overcome the challenges that are related to autism. And this journey is described as a lengthy train ride. And these musical compositions are available for download on my website, www.larissagmusic.info, and they're included on my music album, CD album called Life is a Train Ride. So, in the, so you mentioned as part of the book that. Uh, really helped your mother help you, uh, there was intensive ABA therapy was the recommendation. If I heard you correctly, did you yourself receive intensive ABA therapy? And if so, how did it help you? And what other treatments uh, did you have? So I was actually going to say that in my early childhood, um, I received about um, eight to 10 hours a week of ABA therapy at home, as well as a combination of ABA and play therapies. And in school, I received regular speech therapy, which was crucial, as well as physical therapies, occupational therapies, and social skills training. And as a result of these services, um, by the time I got to first grade, 
I was able to be almost fully mainstreamed with a shadow. So with the help of all of these supports that I've been receiving at home and in school, I eventually start to speak in fuller sentences by the time I was eight years old and more so spontaneously by the time I was 10. And during my school years, I was doing very well academically. I was on the principal's list uh, consistently when I was in middle school and high school. So my school program incorporated a few replacement classes. And the one class that I remember being in the longest was language arts all the way until the end of seventh grade. I was and on a principal's list too, all through elementary school. I don't think it was, no, I, no, I don't think it was the good list though. It, it was the oh, shit list. It was the opposite boom, of the good boom. list. <laughs> boom. It's actually, I think that's true actually. Um, <laughs> it, anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, so are you, so you had some intensive ABA, do you have, you know, do you think it helped you a lot or do you have severe PTSD and trauma from the severe abuse of ABA? That's sarcasm with quotes for people who, um, aren't, uh, watching the video or sarcastic, which is probably most of our podcast now that I think about it. Okay. Traumatized? Are you kidding me? No way. I'm actually, I have a... I'm actually really grateful for everything that I received. And I have to add that I was going to say that going back to that, it's very important to add that for the sake of inspiring parents of children with autism, that my parents literally had to fight with the school district for services like, for instance, a special monthly ABA consultant and my mother, together with the child study team, was carefully handpicking all my teachers and my classes. And I was going to mention that when I was in eighth grade, I was fully mainstreamed into the regular language arts classes. And there was this amazing and inspiring teacher, Mrs. Susan Pollock, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. May she rest in peace. And I remember doing extremely well in her class. And that was a big triumph for me. And Why do you I think, think you did so well in her class? Well, I have to say that besides all the help that I've been receiving at home and in school and the help from my family, especially my mother, I think it also was my own perseverance that contributed to that as well. Well, no, you mentioned the teacher specifically, so I was just curious. We, there's a lot of educators, people out there. Uh, if there was anything particular about that class or that person, given you gave her a shout out, um, or it was just a fact and nothing to do with her, which is okay too. Well, but that teacher was really inspiring, and she was actually one of my favorite teachers. And I was the kind of person who would was never afraid to ask for help when I needed it. And since I was able to, since we had a good report, I felt like comfortable asking for help. And that actually takes you a long way. Thank you, no, th th that was perfect. So just being kind and just helping somebody who asks. Um, oh, totally. Seems like the bare minimum, but I guess it's important. Can you tell us about your YouTube channel? I know you started talking about it, but what made you want to start a YouTube channel? 
Yeah, so um, yes, the history of my YouTube channel dates all the way back to 2012 when I first started college. So in parallel to being a music therapy student, I was a performing musician. So to get my name across and to build a fan base, I was recording music that I was performing live and on music CDs. So as I was singing, playing and performing more and more, my creative team, which consisted of an autism self-advocate who also happens to be my music technician for many years and a good friend of mine, James Williams, and my mother, who is a healthcare professional and also happens to be my music manager, AKA my momager. So together they created animated music videos to put on my newly created YouTube channel at the time. And over time, my YouTube channel expanded into including original songs and music videos of autism and disability messages for the community. And this is what led me to create and produce my own edutainment YouTube show called Words and Beats, The Larissa G Show. So the show's title uh, reflects the content of the talk show. So the words reflect the discussion of the themes that are raised in my books, whereas the beats reflect the musical portions of the show, which included animated music videos related to my books, as well as the songs and the live music performances. So please do check out the 10 episodes of my words and beats, the Larissa G Show on my YouTube channel, Larissa G Music. The show is entertaining. It's both educational and entertaining, and it raises a lot of themes related to autism awareness and acceptance. So how does writing an original song comes to you? Like, is it an idea first, a chorus, a chord? I'm just interested in the creative process. Okay. So that is actually a great question. And thank you for showing interest in that topic. So remember that my original songs have a goal of raising awareness on a specific topic, as well as eliciting listeners' emotions on that topic. So um, my original songs are mostly derived from my own personal experiences and emotions on that particular topic. And that is what sets the tone for the song's theme and the lyrics. So for instance, my song's topics range from raising autism awareness in children, um, battling worries, and embracing differences in self and in others, all of which are related to my own personal experiences. And then uh, I think about the current realities of these topics and how to relate these topics to my potential audiences. So then I organize my thoughts into a rhyming poem, utilizing symbolism and metaphors and sometimes mystical elements into the poem. And once the poem is ready, I start creating the melody. And as a classically trained musician in both voice and piano, when it comes to writing a song, I may be inspired by some classical musical elements and often by the rhythm of one of my favorite musical genres, the 80s music. Who's an 80s fan? Raise your hand. <laughs> awesome. 
And I may use some world music elements as well. So after that, and then in order to make the music tune catchy and pleasant to the ear, I like to use the consonant chords, like the dominant chords, which is the one, four, five chord structure for the harmony that accompanies the melody. In the first verse, I write in the C major, C minor chord. And then the second verse moves up a step on the music scale to the D minor chord. So it would start like this. First verse. I am here to let you know that the wings of new beginnings will be spreading words of freedom, free to show you who we are. And then after the first verse in the chorus, then comes the second verse in the D minor scale. Me, I'm blessed with sounds of music, hills of love and drops of kindness, rocks of strength and stones of guidance. Help me rise above the storm. So you heard the noticeable change as it moved up in the scale. To sum it all up, um, the idea about the topic that needs awareness comes first, which is based on my personal experiences. And then the poem is created next, after that song with the verse and chorus. And finally, the catchy musical tune completes the process. Very cool. Thank you for sharing and showing everyone how it's done. Of course. <laughs> So for those who, so you have a degree in, in music therapy, um, and for those who don't know, uh, what is music therapy? Why is it beneficial? And if they're interested, what other resources can they find for music therapy? So yes, I earned my bachelor's degree in music therapy cum laude from the John Calley School of Music at Montclair State University in New Jersey from the year 2017. And yeah, I'm sure we heard this quote, which happens to be one of my favorites, when words fail, music speaks. So music has always been known to have a therapeutic effect on people, but the field of music therapy itself has been around since the post-World War II era. It's a relatively new field, so Though people heard about music therapy, they don't know exactly what it is and how it is used. So music therapy, by definition, is an allied health profession that utilizes music to address the areas of need of each individual person. So music therapy aims to reduce stress, um, improve, in, increase memory skills, and to enhance the quality of life of people. And the populations that would benefit from music therapy are children with autism and other special needs, uh, the elderly, and those with mental health, physical, and emotional challenges. So in music therapy, the music therapist creates the plan, designs the plans based on each individual's musical preferences, um, emotional and psychological needs, and their previous and current experiences. And may I add that in order to benefit from music therapy, the client does not have to have any prior musical experience or musical talent. So for instance, when I teach music to children with autism, I utilize the music therapy approaches to adapt to their individual needs and their interests. 
Now, let me share with you how else I use music therapy besides in music teaching, if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay, so there's another model that uses music to create positive change in larger groups of people in the social and cultural context. And that model is known as community music therapy. As such, I view my musical performances and my autism awareness and acceptance presentations through music as a form of community music therapy. So I've been giving my musical autism awareness and acceptance presentations at various uh, autism, disability, and music therapy conferences, in university programs, schools, events, fundraisers, and more. So when I give uh, my autism awareness presentations and distribute my original inspirational educational song lyric books, I use music as a tool for empowerment and to create a positive social change in various communities globally. And as it relates to my uh, musical performances, so when I use mus community music therapy for the general public, I'd like to share with you to let you know that I sing in up to 12 different languages. So for instance, when I sing for Korean or Jewish seniors in Korean or in Yiddish and Hebrew, respectively, I'm able to connect with the seniors through music and the seniors are able to connect with their, um, to reconnect with their cultural past and their heritage. And that is quite therapeutic. Thank you for, for sharing. I love how your answers are so sought out and I can tell you have that teaching uh, mindset in a way oh, you're thank you. well, things like I, we can tell the experience of uh, teaching uh, people what you love and this is, this oh, is great. thank you thanks uh, I appreciate it music has been a huge influence in your life obviously um, what is your earliest music memory yeah, music has certainly been a big, has played a big role throughout my life, ever since I was first diagnosed with autism at the age of two. My mother often reminds me of a time when an amazing speech therapist recommended to my mom to sing to me directions rather than speak to them out to me as a way to catch my attention, and music did wonders. As far as my own earliest memory, I remember a time when I was four or five years old. I was watching my older brother take piano lessons at home, right here in this room, believe it or not. Since I was copying my older brother in every extracurricular activity that he did, I expressed an interest in taking piano lessons. And so that is when my and there my connection with music has begun officially so i have looked at your youtube video and i have noticed that you do two songs by leonard cohen um so are you a big fan of leonard cohen i've i've never i never got to see him live before he passed but um or is it just a coincidence because he does very he does songs that are also very easy to cover uh, and for people who don't know, he wrote Hallelujah, which has been covered by literally everyone on the planet. 
It's from Shrek is how a lot of people actually remember it, sadly enough. Okay. I'm actually, <laughs> I myself am a big fan of Leonard Cohen and so is my mom. And since I myself am Jewish, by the way, Leonard Cohen is Jewish like me. So there's some identification and a lot of his music has a lot of Jewish overtones. And I really love his music and it's super duper deep, especially his lyrics. One of my favorite songs is Dance Me to the End of Love. I love that song. Seriously, no way. Yeah. Did you even know it was Leonard Cohen? I, you know what? Actually, I didn't know. No, I no, knew. I know you knew, Eileen. Oh, wait, um, so you yeah. mean Eileen? I'm sorry. There, you know what? I didn't know there were the uh, the original. There is that band that I love. That um, uh, uh, now I feel bad that I didn't know. It's called the the Civil. I think it's called the Civil Wars. Do you guys know that band? No, I don't think so. I never heard of it, to be honest. Well, they did a a cover of it, and that's how I discovered that song. But you know what? I'm so big on listening to the original because there's that song I love from uh, Bon Iver called uh, and, uh, Skinny Love. And that singer was great. Birdie did a cover of it. And now everyone thinks that that song is from Birdie, but it's not from her. And as great as her cover is, it's not the original. And there's just something so special about the original, you know? I definitely will check it out. Thanks for telling me about it. Yeah. I will die on this hill that Cake does a better version of I Will Survive than Gloria Gaynor. Oh so. my God, I love I Will Survive. Yeah, me too. Andrew, I'll never agree on that. <laughs> That is, they're added to the long list of things we will never agree on. Where can people find you on social media? I know we've touched on it, but this is the self-promotion portion of the episode. So let us know. Yeah, so my Instagram is at Larissa G Music. You could take note of that. And my website is www.larissagmusic.info. And you could particularly find my books at www.larissagmusic.info slash my dash books. And if you don't mind, I can share with you some of the books. So here is Life is a Train Ride, an Autism Journey, which is a book of poems and story put to music. And this is a story, my own autobiography of my journey growing up on the autism spectrum. And here are two books that raise autism awareness and acceptance in children. Here is My Name is Faye, which was based on my own childhood living on the autism spectrum. And here is a boy version called My Name is Ray. And they're both illustrated in the Japanese anime style by a friend of mine from high school. And the purpose is to relate to some of the children with autism who are really into anime as their special interest. And here is the first edition of My Name is Faye that I self-illustrated. And here is me at age four. Very cute. Thank you. And here is Don't Forget That Life Rocks, which encourages positive thinking and helps cope with thoughts of worry and anxiety. And that was illustrated by a high school student with lupus. 
And here is different light confetti, which is meant to help children with embracing differences in themselves and in others. And this was illustrated by another high school student with ADHD. And the boy himself, his name is Bill, and he himself has ADHD and a learning disability. Well, before we go, I would love to ask you some quickfire questions. And so if you're not familiar with quickfire questions, I'm gonna ask you some quickfire questions. And you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And that's like quick answers in like a sentence or less. So who's your favorite 80s band or singer? Oh, to be honest, I like a lot of them. It's hard to name all of them, but... Are you ever to... not honest? Oh, I I'm no. joking. I say that too, and oh, I'm autistic too. No, no, it's, no. So, okay. Yeah, uh, continue. So to name one from the top of my head, I think it would be... George Michael, because one of my favorite songs of his is Careless Whisper. Favorite color? Honestly, I like a lot of colors, but to name one, it would be red because that was a color that I was obsessed with since my childhood. Favorite food? My favorite food, I mean, me personally, I'm a health freak, so I love to eat healthy foods, but to name one favorite food is Italian squidding spaghetti. Favorite instrument? I mean, I do enjoy singing and playing piano, but my favorite instrument, I would have to say my voice. Oh, that's oh, such a great God. answer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Pretty good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me, Eileen. It was so nice to meet you. And it was nice to meet you too, Andrew. Thank you. It was great to meet you. Thanks for coming on.